Welcome to the Gap Church Podcast, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Please enjoy this week's message. Good morning, good morning. Oh, y'all too quiet for me. Good morning, good morning. Um, What series are we in? Say it with your chest. What series are we in? And this has been an amazing series, has it not? We've actually, this is week six of the Gifted series. Come on, clap if you need to. And it is the last week of the Gifted series. Oh, I tried to convince Dara to extend it, but he was like fasting. So um, if you don't know, by next week, we will be preparing you guys for fasting period. It is our 21 days of fasting and prayer. It's something we do every year leading up towards our anniversary. How many people are excited about the fasting period? Come on. Y'all not getting excited enough for me. Come on. Because there are some things that can only be addressed by fasting and prayer. Exactly. So let's, let's make sure that we tap in. Um, they're going to give you some more information at the end of the service. If you didn't catch the announcements at the beginning, um, about guidelines and, and guidance for fasting. Let's jump into the word today. So if you've been following along, we have been exploring the gifts of the spirit and the only gifts left to explore are the gifts of healing and workings of miracles. Let's flip into 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. How many people were in first service? Woo-hoo! Say that again. I mean, give me a little bit more than that. Woo-hoo! There you go. There we go. We got busy in first service. Um, not going to lie. Low-key becoming my favorite service. Um, but maybe you guys can prove to be otherwise this morning. All right? So... 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 to 10. The Bible tells us, To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. Verse 11. All these are the work of the one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. I was sharing with the earlier service that I want us to be very clear that all nine of these gifts are for the edification of the body of Christ. As much as we want to think of it as self-serving, these gifts are not supposed to be your identity. There are many people that... You know, I was saying, you know, you have some people that they're good at that one thing and they make their whole identity about that one thing they're good at, right? So, like, they're really good at basketball and, like, but you're 40, like, can't get up. Your college days are way behind you. But, and so so I want us to be very clear that the gifts of the Spirit are not meant to be a part necessarily of our identity. You don't, wonderful, you know, all because... The gift of healing comes upon you to do a healing work. You don't suddenly say in your Instagram bio, healer. Okay? I'm just saying, these things are out here. Right? Some people all of a sudden, because they have the great or they have the gift of healing and the dispenses upon them frequently, they suddenly have a healing ministry. Now, that's very different than someone being sent to do a healing ministry, but some people do assign it to themselves. And that is not right. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11, I love the Amplified, it says that the Holy Spirit chooses, 
Just like you have the free will to choose to be a believer and to choose to be here on a Sunday morning, the Holy Spirit can choose when to give you the gift, how to give you the gift, how often the gift comes. You can pray for the gift, you can desire the gift, but if it is not appropriate for that moment, he will not dispense it. It's a choice. And I think we really need to understand that because when you understand that he chooses to give it to you, you will then realize that it is a privilege. It is not something you're entitled to. That's way when it comes, you can honor it. You can be like, wow, God could use me to do this thing. Let us not grow too familiar with the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. I was sharing earlier that in the church, in a gap church like this, where we come and we worship and the presence of God descends so easily with or without instruments, these are not common things. These things don't happen in these times we're living in. A lot of churches, you, where's the oil? You, you know what I'm saying, right? So if the Holy Spirit can assist us so easily and freely in the gap church, we must not take it for granted. I want us to understand that healing is not the same as the gift of miracles. The gift of healing is much different. In fact, the gift of miracles is a much broader gift. It is possible for healing work to be done with a miracle, right? But a miracle is not necessarily always a healing. The gift of healing, and I wanted you to define this, is a restoration of health to those who have a physical infirmity. They are supernaturally able to be restored someone to health, right? And the works are entirely from God. The book of Exodus chapter 15 verse 26 says, I am the Lord who heals you. It is God that gives that grace to heal. I want us to be very clear about that. Another translation says, I, the Lord, am your healer. So when someone is being healed, it's typically a physical infirmity. This is confusing to a lot of people who say that they need their heart to be healed. When I was studying this, the Lord gave me a revelation and said, actually, you need your heart to be delivered. That's different, right? But healing specifically is a physical thing. There are 21 healing accounts captured in the Old Testament that mainly have to do with a single person being healed. We see that only God was the healer and sometimes he would heal directly. I want you to pay attention to this. This is crazy. When I was studying this, y'all, I got geeked. Sarah, in, chap- in Genesis chapter 18, verse 11, verses 11 to 14, also Elisha, 1 Kings 17, 21 to 22, we see when they place a direct petition towards something, it led to God healing them. Bible says, I love this book, I love this story. If we have the time, open up to 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 21 to 22. I'll read from the NKJV version. It says that this was a child that was sick and grew, and actually the, the child um, the child was sick and he died. The Bible says he stretched out himself on the child three times and cried out to the Lord and said, Oh Lord, my God, I pray, let this child's soul come back to him. Then the Lord heard the voice of Elijah and the soul of the child came back to him and he revived. So in the Old Testament, we see that one had to deeply petition for God to heal. This is important because if we go into the New Testament, 
we see that Jesus told the, told the uh, disciples later, the 72, in Luke chapter 9, verses 1, he said, then he called the 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. There's a distinction there. Because of Jesus, we don't have to petition for healing. I hope that helps somebody. I, I want you to understand that. In the Old Testament, petitions had to happen for healings to happen. In fact, true affliction had to happen for healing to happen. But in the New Testament, because of the authority, because we can remind the devil there's a blood that works, petitions aren't necessary. And a lot of Christians are messing themselves because you're begging for healing when maybe the reason why there is so much restriction and resistance against this thing is because you need deliverance. Are you, are you tracking with me? If I have a persistent headache, and I'm telling you, I've tried this before. I would say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, heal this headache. It's possible for you to say that, and the headache goes. But you've been praying on that headache for two months. Sis, it ain't a headache no more. I'll be getting some revelation this morning. I want you to be more mature as believers because you need to understand this because so many of us are praying amiss. We're not specific enough in our prayers, and these gifts are available for us. So we see a distinction there. And oftentimes, the root cause of sickness in the Old Testament had to do with sin and disobedience. <laughs> but in the New Testament, we often see that sickness is often tied to demons or levels of affliction. Understand the difference. Often people were sick or they had issues in the Old Testament because of sin and disobedience. This is very interesting. But in the New Testament, it's often tied to affliction and has a demonic force. Now, why would the devil change up the game? What changed? The blood. The blood of Jesus changed it because he knew that people can use the blood. He knew that people can say, Lord, forgive me for my sins. And that sin wouldn't allow there to be an affliction that will lead to sickness. So the intensity and the strategy of the enemy had to amplify. So when you see persistent sickness, this is why I'm telling you a revelation that you need deliverance. I want you to understand that. If you see a sickness in your family and you see cancer in your family and you see all, you need to pray for deliverance. And I, I just think it's so amazing that the Lord is leading us to differentiate this this morning. Because so many of us, we don't know how easily we can access healing. And so many of us, we misinterpret God's not healing me for really God needs to deliver me. Amen, somebody. Now, when we look at the gift of healing, it was often used to authenticate and confirm the proclamation of the good news, but we needed something. <laughs> we needed something to activate healing. And what did we need? In fact, it's said in multiple scriptures. <laughs> Faith is often the most cited reason for healing and miracles to be activated. In fact, I, I love this part when I was like, again, geeking out. When combined with the desire to heal, or when combined with fakes, we often see in 60% of the New Testament when healing happened, acts of faith were tied to it. 
woman with the issue of blood, right? When we see multiple accounts of healing, right? Blind Bartimaeus. When we see, uh, um, forgive me for the man, I'm forgetting the name of him. When his friends lowered him from the roof, it was an act of faith. You have to understand that sometimes to activate the gift of healing, you need the act of faith. So many of us don't understand that because we often think, well, if I could just believe it, it's enough. No, sometimes, and you know this, I don't know if you've ever been in a place, in a worship experience sometime, and you know there's something that you brought to God, like, you know, God, this relationship is falling apart. I don't know if I'm going to be able to move on. And then God often tells you, he's like, you know what? Sow a seed on it. You're like, that ain't from God at all. Or you know that you're believing God, and you know, you, know, you know you've been in situations before where you're truly believing God for something, and he will send forth a word. An act of faith, and this is for multiple gifts of the Spirit, but I'm talking about healing now. An act of faith will not only signify your intensity and your sincerity, but it aligns you to surrender. And that's what we're missing. Yes, we have authority, but once it comes to God, I need something from you, you must surrender. You, you understand what I'm saying? So, so many times us as believers, we have faith, but we are not acting in faith. And that is what activates healing. Are y'all still with me? Something I find that's also interesting when I was searching the scriptures is oftentimes we see the gift of healing, not just from the faith of the individual, but sometimes the faith of a family member was needed. So multiple things are needed. The faith of the person who wants the miracle, the faith of a family member, someone who is or a friend, someone who cares, right? And then the faith of the person with the gift of healing. So, so hear, hear me out. If I have faith, right, to believe something, my friend has faith for me or my mother has faith for me, then the person who has healing, who is healing, cannot be biased, you ever seen some ministers of God that you come and can you just believe with me and pray? And the person will scan you up and down like they like judged you. That's, it's not going to work. That's why when you have the gift of healing and the Lord has told you to dispense it, you must not be biased. You must check yourself so that you're not looking at people's faces when God is dispensing that thing because it can nullify it. Does, are you hearing me? So this is why, again, going back to it can't just be anybody touching you and laying hands on you. Check their record, their life record. Is this person truly a person of faith or are they flexing? Like, let's talk here. There's a lot of confusion in the kingdom because we have people that are caricatures and are pimping out the gospel for their purpose. This thing is bigger than that. Because I don't know about you, but when I need a healing, I don't care about what your brand is. Do you have the grace to to key into this moment and allow the Holy Spirit to use you because I got the faith. And there's enough faith in the room to support what you're going to do. So when you lay on hands on me, I believe it will happen. We are eating meat this morning. Amen. So many of us need to understand it. The gifts of healing, when the gift of healing happened, there are several outcomes. When the gift of healing happens, it serves as a witness of his restorative and healing power and authority. It creates undeniable, awe-inspiring, and wildly known credibility to God. 
It validates Jesus and his disciples' message. It arouses praise and worship. It reveals who God is, that he is compassionate, merciful, reliable, consistent, resourceful. He can be depended on. It demonstrates that love and compassion are more important than the law. That yes, you don't deserve to be in the room, but I love you enough to get you here and now I'm going to heal you. That's what it does. It nullifies what you did last week and who you were with last night. When the healing power of come, it overrides that. It is a confirmation to you that I belong here and that God loves me enough to heal me and meet me where I'm at. It provides a foretaste of God's kingdom and a kingdom that is without sickness, pain, or death. And there are four important ways that the gifts of healings can be manifested in the life of a believer. Number one, when a believer is operating in the gift of faith and repeatedly speaks the promises of God over them pertaining to healing. This is important because on a daily basis, when you are struggling with some level of ailment or sickness, you have the authority to speak the promises of God over your life and that thing can go. It's that simple. It's that simple. Now, this is, again, very different from I need to get on a prayer line or I need to call my friends because this thing is deep. But I'm telling you right now that you have authority over it. Real story, I have had, suddenly had a horrible back pain. Um, I was telling Anu about it. It started like about a month ago. And that pain was horrible. I mean, I'm, if you know what I do for a living, like it's shameful to have pain, you know, in my back. Because I'm like, you should know what to do. That pain was so persistent and so consistent. I mean, it was affecting my ability to pick up my son affecting me from being able to stand for a prolonged time to cook. I mean, it was affecting so many parts of my life. And I don't know what it was, but, you know, normally I'm like, oh, I probably sat wrong. I need to stretch. I need to do this. But it, 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 I, I started to realize that the things it was impacting me to do, <laughs> when this heat, the sickness is now impacting your service. You're living in an answered prayer, but you can't enjoy it. Yeah. You're walking in a new dimension and a new identity, and you can't enjoy it. You can't eat the fruits of your labor. You find yourself inviting yourself out of the rooms that you belong into because of this. Yeah, this is an affliction. Perfect. Let's pray. Because every time my feet hit the ground, I have to keep reminding the devil, I'm up again. And that's what I had to do consistently for days. Yeah, devil, I'm up. What now? This back on move. I don't need another chiropractic adjustment. I need a God adjustment in the name of Jesus. From whence this, this pain came from, I'd send it back to its source in the name of Jesus. I started to speak the righteousness of God. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. My body belongs to him. I'm the temple of the Lord. Of the Holy. I'm speaking all these things because I know I didn't have no, I didn't do no sin to, there's no sin that gave me this. This is an affliction. And when we were hearing that testimony, a testimony of a, a minstrel that gave a testimony, it was just like that. I didn't even know when the healing happened. I just noticed one day the pain stopped. I, I just noticed one day the pain stopped. We have to get used to exercising this gift. When the believer, number two, when the believer enlists one or more friends or family members that are operating in the gift of faith to stand in the faith gap for them and act as an intercessor, both, all, both and all of you petition God for healing. Now, this is where we're ratcheting things because we're not quite sure if we need deliverance or we need healing. 
the magnitude of this is, is deep. Example, when you have someone who maybe they're due to have surgery on an area, and this person knows that, I'm telling you, I see stuff every day. This person might lose their womb and they want kids. And we know that maybe when they get into that surgery, they might not come out with the womb. We're not praying by ourselves and saying, let this issue go away. We're getting a gang of intercession going to build up our faith. We're having acts of faith. We're sowing seeds in the ground. We're reminding God, I tithe. I'm faithful. I've been consistent. I'm out here by myself. Not anymore, devil. You see all these people around me? You're reminding yourself, and you have a built-up intercession. That brings magnitude. The gift of healing can work with that. So you have to know and identify when this issue is beyond God heal me to multiple voices saying, God heal us. There's a difference between a solo singer and a choir. Somebody, it doesn't matter if they have the loudest voice or not, if they're singing solo, you walk down the street, you, at a certain point you stop hearing the voice, but when it's a choir, don't you, sometimes you don't even need mics, the sound, you'll still hear the mics. And some of us, we need to start activating, getting ourselves in community in line with people who can pray. Number three, when a believer has a spiritual leader who operates in the gifts of healing, laying hands on them and declares healing in the name of Jesus. This is also important because we see the gift of healing in the dispensation of the laying of hands. And I will talk more about that in a second. Number four, when another believer who operates in the gifts of healing releases healing into you through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's just a one-on-one. -on -one. Another believer saying, yes, I release in the name of Jesus. I release the power of the Holy Spirit for this healing work. Again, faith is critical when it comes to operating in the gifts of healing. Quickly, when we talk about the gift of miracles, we're talking about interventions that are divine, supernatural, unique, obvious, sometimes chaotic, that are undeniably tied to God. It's a do or die situation. Miracles are in another dimension. Miracles are, you should be deported tomorrow. Suddenly the visa comes in. That's a miracle. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's do or die. It's there should not be any reason why I should get this answered prayer. But if I, if God, you know, you ever pray those, God, if you don't come through, I'm, I'm done. That's when you need a miracle. The, it's a supernatural sign can be done through a God or woman. I want you to know something. When we see in the book of Acts chapter 19, where Paul would leave handkerchiefs and aprons on the body of the sick, when the Holy Spirit didn't need the hands of man to do a miraculous work, he could even use a handkerchief. Miracles transcend your understanding. And many of you in this room you need to switch that petition to heal me, Lord, to do this miracle. Because you need something that defies the odds. You need something that can shift your family. You've been telling people about this God you serve. And I was telling them something in the first service that many times I look at the story of Lazarus and Jesus. Then why is it that Jesus could heal him? He could get there on time. But what did he do? He wept. And he waited until he died 
And not only died, but he was multiple days in, the, in, his, in his tomb, dead, been dead, been gone. He could heal, but in that situation, he wanted to do a miracle. And do you know that the act, the miraculous, miraculous act that he did reverberated so much in the land? It converted people quicker, more persistently. He got apostles out of that. He got disciples out of that. You praying for a healing. Meanwhile, the healing could be the limitation because God wants to do a miracle. And so many of us believers, we have to be comfortable with allowing the situation to get bad. Bad enough that you still know God's going to come through at some point, but it's going to be <laughs> at the cost of my convenience, at the cost of me saving face and showing up like I'm okay, at the cost of me looking cute enough and presentable enough to be around friends, because I know that it's going to get bad, but God that does healing can also do miracles. And that in the name of Jesus, even though I don't have it all together and I can't hold it together anymore, the God of miracles is still at work. You got to be okay with him doing more than one thing for you. The Bible says again that the Holy Spirit has choices on who it gives it to. We have to be okay and not be disappointed when he doesn't come through the way he, we thought he would. Because at the end of the day, the God that I serve, I was young and now I'm old. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. Isaiah chapter 54 tells us that the word of the Lord does not return back void. He will always come through. Even to the 11th hour. Even unto death. He can resurrect the problem. Stop limiting him in your faith. Some of you this morning, you need an act of faith. This act of faith also works with miracles. I was sharing with them that as I was studying the different theological findings and the interpretations and the parallels of the woman with the issue of blood, the reason why it transcends so many is because we don't even have the time to get into there, but there are different Hebrew interpretations to the words that she used to describe her situation. The Bible said that after she had done all, she had spent all the money. There was, we used to think it was 12 years. Theologian said she had been bleeding for 18 years. 18 years. She had reached the end of anything she can do. But the Bible said she stretched forth her hand to touch the hem of his garment. She was willing to get undignified enough. She was the lowest of, I mean, rock bottom. And still believed enough that if I get myself into proximity with this God, something can happen. And the Bible did not say that Jesus said, yes, your, the blood will dry up. Yes, the money will be recovered. He said, your faith has made you well. Do you know what it means to be well? I don't have enough time for theological exposition this morning, 
but the word well is also meaning a well. If you ever dug a well into the ground, thank you, Holy Spirit, you know that the well has a bottom source where the water is provided. When you are well, that is abundantly and consistently okay. You are always provided for. There is more than enough. There's a source for you. When you're thirsty, you got it. When you're hungry, you got it. When you need it, you got it. The bank account is low, something gonna come through because you are well. That well was enough to cover 18 years of destitution. Was enough to recover the financial losses. Was enough to repair the marriage. Was enough for her. She didn't need just blood being dried. She needed to be well. And I've come on this final week of Gifted to tell you that there are nine phenomenal gifts that we have access to as believers. And so many of us are limiting him We're holding back on our prayer life because we don't understand these things. And we have preached, Dara has preached, Lorde has preached, and I'm stewarding this moment right now. We've come head to head and we've taught you about these nine gifts. And now I want to provoke you deeply within yourself to ask God to activate. Activate the gifts. To take your life from ordinary to be extraordinary. To give you wisdom to be excellent to give you the grace to be better than anyone in your family has ever been. To give you the grace to rewrite history. Some of you are so limiting, you're so small-minded. I see greatness in this room, don't you see it? I see capacity in this room. Some of you, you've been praying for God to meet your needs, your hundred dollar needs, and he's looking at you. No, I'm going to let you continue to be challenged and learn how to manage in small because I want to make sure that you know how to handle because you are a billionaire. Where I'm taking you is greater than this. So now you need to be praying for the word of knowledge and wisdom to manage your resources. Today, the gift will be activated. Stand up on your feet. If you know how to speak in tongues, I want you to begin to speak in tongues. And I want you to pray to activate the gift of God. We got three things to do in the time we have left. Activate the gift. Remember, there's enough believers in here to stir up the faith. So we're going to activate the gifts. We're going to act the gift of speaking in tongues if that's what you need. Discerning of spirits if that's what you need. Give the faith that that's what you need. But you cannot leave an atmosphere like this after six weeks of revelation and never be the same. Activate the faith. Activate. Activate. The gifts must be activated, Lord. In Jesus' name, if you are in this place quickly and you have not given your life to Christ, I want to welcome you to step up because what we are about to do, we need salvation if you need it. If there's anyone in this room right now that wants to truly walk with God and be saved, please step up. Step up. Step up. 
now that we know salvation is room, we can get to work. I want you to lift your hands to the heaven and begin to call upon the name of the Lord to give you and build your faith up. I don't have a lot of time this morning, so I'm going to be efficient. We can be more efficient if there's enough faith in the room. So I want to call, I want you to call upon the name of the Lord. Build up my faith, Lord. Speak in tongues if you have that level of interpretation and understanding. Lord, build the faith in this room. Build the faith in this room. Stir up the atmosphere, Lord. Stir up the atmosphere. Build up the faith in this room. Build up the faith in this room, Lord. Yes. Stir up your faith right now. We have a few minutes to address some things. Rema in the rebo show. Heha. Roba hariakana mama. Reba bashataraba. In the name of Jesus. When I woke up this morning, the Lord made it very clear to me that I could not teach this series without laying hands and connecting to the faith of some people who need healing very, very quickly. We did this in the first service. I'm going to ask you that if you need healing, physical healing somewhere, to step up. And what I'm going to ask is when you step up, place your hand where you need healing. Quickly, 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 quickly. This is personal. And as you come up here, continue to pray that God will build your faith to receive your healing. Come on, come on. Place your hand where you need healing. And everyone else who is still here, I want you in the congregation to pray. Let the Holy Spirit do a good work here. Let the Holy Spirit do a deep work. Thank you for tuning in to the Gap Church Podcast. We hope this message blessed you. If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations. We celebrate you. Don't forget to text SAVE to 817-381-5353. Again, text SAVE to 817-381-5353. Thank you so much and have a blessed week.